Understanding CBD, brought to you by Max and Stevens Premium Hemp Extracts. Baltimore is listening. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Understanding CBD, brought to you by Max and Stevens Premium Hemp Extracts. Here's Max and Steven. Introduce myself, my name is Humpty Pronounced with the umpty Yo ladies, oh how I like to funk thee And all the rappers in the top ten Please allow me to bump thee I'm stepping tall, y'all And just like Humpty Dumpty You're gonna fall when the stereos pump me I like to rhyme, I like my beats funky I'm spunky, I like my oatmeal lumpy I'm sick with this Straight gangster man All I hear is music sometimes I get ridiculous. All I hear is music All I hear, you know it Huh. Yeah, weird. Anyway, welcome in to Understand Me. Max Sobel is here. I am here. We hear him. I am here. And, and nice dedication to Shock G, baby. I love that. That's right. That's right. And I am Stephen Walman, in case for the those of you that didn't know. And a uh, general reminder to everyone today that anything you hear or we speak about is not to be taken as professional, medical, or legal advice. We're here to entertain you, and I wish you could have heard us rap and did a Humpty Dance just now. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, Noah did a great job. Uh, all right, yeah, so we're live in the studios today. Um, we, we're taking callers. You definitely want to get on the horn today and uh, ask a few questions of our guests. Uh, the phone number to call, is you, if you're a regular listener, you know it. If not, I'll give it to you now. It is 410-922-6680. You can get on the phone. Noah's going to answer the call. Um, he's in the booth. He'll ask you a few questions. If you're shy, you don't want to be on the air, that's fine. You can still just call him with your questions. He'll type it up on a screen over here that I can read, and uh, we can we can do it that way. Uh, and if for some reason you can't be by a radio or you're not in the Baltimore area, you can listen to it online. Right, Max? Go to understandingcbd.com, and there's a Listen Live link, and you can catch the, uh, the live episode being streamed. You can also catch all previous episodes on that website. We've got all of the uh, podcasting. Um, uh, apps are available there, and you can also see all all of our video episodes on YouTube. That's right. And when you go to YouTube, make sure you uh, click subscribe and hit the notification bell. That yep. lets us know and other people know that it's good information. Uh, you can always give us a thumbs up on there also. That's yep. uh, that's very helpful. So, um, song, the intro, the intro song I chose, Digital Underground, that is The Humpty Dance, for yep. those that don't know. Um, and it's an in tribute to our, our friend Shock G, who Shock is G. the uh, lead singer there. He passed away April 22nd. Right. He had his funeral, actually, yesterday. Um, real name is Gregory Edwards Jacobs. Got it. Um, great song from our past, Max. I know Man. you love that. And I can tell that our, our guest here uh, liked that as well from, from her uh, dancing along. Um, a quick agenda for the show today. 2.43, Doc G is traveling this week. Um, so you're going to have to wait till next week for his words of wisdom. Or if you missed last week, you should check that. Uh, that was episode 61. He shared a really uh, personal story about his dad, and it was it was really special. I highly recommend you go back to Understanding CBD and check out that episode. You can also uh, look on YouTube and check out that episode. That's episode 61. Yeah, 61 is great. And he did tell a great story. So take a look at that. Um, 
Instead, uh, we're bringing you Luke Jones, and Luke is with Maryland Normal. He was on episode number 47, and it was right before the legislative session in Maryland. So he's going to update us on past le- uh, this legislative session in Maryland and um, what the future holds for cannabis yeah. You know, yeah. from his perspective. So he's an extremely credible source. Um, now, today, our, our topic is CBD and fibroids, Max. Um, and, you know, when until we met our guest, I hadn't heard of it before. So I, um, I had to do a little bit of research to figure out, like, the context of this. And um, according to the U.S. National Institute of Health, the NIH, 20 to 25 percent of women of reproductive age have fibroids. So it's much more common than, than I thought. And as you age, by the, by the age of 50, up to 80 percent of women have them. Yeah. And it's one of those conditions that not a lot of people know about. Certainly you and I don't know about it, not being women. Um, but my wife's a nurse and she was actually familiar with the condition. Um, so, you know, she told me a little bit about it, educated me a bit about it. But in any case, our guest today is Susie O'Hanessian. Um, she treated her fibroids using CBD. She's since become a CBD educator, a coach, and an, ad- and an advocate. And really, her mission, I think, is to is to build a bridge between cannabis and people. I think that's her mission here. Susie, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah, it's great to have you, and you're, and it's good that you guys can't see on Zoom, but what a nice smiling face here yeah. to to come and have this conversation with us, um, and and we appreciate you being here for sharing your story. Now, like I mentioned, um, when when we first talked about fibroids, um, you know, I was reaching into my brain for something that uh, sounded familiar, but I really didn't have any idea. Um, what it could be, and, and I asked people around me. Really, most people that I talked to, actually everyone I talked to, didn't know. Um, so, in order to start out, can you explain to us what are fibroids exactly? So, in a nutshell, fibroids are benign tumors that grow in or around the uterus. Um, they are, as you said earlier, pretty common. Ninety-nine percent of the time, they are benign, but some of the time they can be cancerous. And it really just depends. There's really no um, solid evidence as to what causes them, why some people have one, why some people have several. Um, But they're basically just abnormal growth um, in and around the uterus. Sometimes it can be in the cavity, sometimes it can be in the lining of the uterus, and sometimes they can be outside of the uterus and attached, um, attached to the uterus. So, Susie, when were you diagnosed with this, and uh, did you have some sort of symptoms that led you to that diagnosis? You know, the symptoms that I was experiencing, I didn't even realize were related to fibroids until I started studying and learning more about it. Um, The first time I was diagnosed was about 10 years ago, Um, and at the time, I had one fibroid, which was around the size of a golf ball, so about, I think, about three centimeters or so. Um, and basically I was told there are many complications. It was actually, uh, diagnosed during my annual exam, uh, with my OBGYN and, uh, just during the exam, uh, there were some abnormalities felt and some tenderness. And so I had an ultrasound and it was confirmed that I had a fibroid, um, So that was many years ago, and he answered quite a bit of questions around complications around fibroids. Um, My symptoms were I had a lot of lower back pain um, and mid-back pain most of my life, and that's a very common symptom, but I also believe that pain isn't only related to my fibroid because it was really small at the time. 
um, I think it got worse and worse as it grew uh, over the years. Um, and basically, my doctor had said that, you know, if you're not experiencing crazy, crazy symptoms, like another common one is abnormal be- bleeding or excessive bleeding um, and uh, bleeding throughout your cycle. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it, and every body is different. Every woman has a different experience. Um, so I was actually one of the luckier ones that I did not have a lot of the um, incredible pain that many, many women with fibroids experience. Uh, mine was, I would say, um, medium amount of pain. Okay. So for, you know, women out there that, um, you know, are, are there things or symptoms, early signs that you can look out for? Um, I would say there it's hard to tell because if you're having pain and you can't figure it out, um, you, most women, I highly encourage if they don't to have a, a minimum of an annual exam, but it could be abnormal pain in your abdomen area or in your, or in the uterus or during sex, uh, back pain, abnormal bleeding, um, uh, spotting, uh, or Usually it's more or excessive bleeding rather than um, no bleeding. And, and there are so many factors uh, involved. So, I mean, stress, eating habit, lifestyle, um, all of those uh, play a factor. So it's really hard to say. Another common uh, thing that people, um, that a lot of women are finding is that some of them are, are getting these uh, fibroids that are growing so fast and so big, they actually start looking pregnant when they know that they're not pregnant. So they will have a swollen belly and think that they might be, but they know that they're not. They have an exam and then come to find out most of the time. A lot of times it's fibroids. It could be other things as well, but most of the time that's what it is. Do they know what the cause is? No. Um, there is no known cause. Um, there, Because there are so many factors, um, that involve, I mean, it, it is, from what I've learned uh, through speaking with doctors, it, I mean, it is an immune response um, to have any abnormal growth like this, but it, every time I read around it, 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 there are so many different things they just can't nail, they can't figure out the, the cause. Because people, women from different uh, backgrounds, cultures, different countries um, have them, and there are just so many variants, they do not know what's causing it. Yeah, I was going to ask you if it was any sort of geographical prevalence. Is it, um, t- does it seem to go after any particular um, active, uh, any sort of style? Is it people that are more active, not active, or if it's a geography? Like, does every country have them? You know? Yeah, I mean, you do find um, women all over the world uh, suffer from fibroids. It does not. Um, discriminate against that. But what we have found is there are um, a lot of black women and African-American women or African women are much more prone to it. So it's more likely their percentages are around near 50 percent of African women will get fibroids. It's less so for other uh, nationalities, but they are the most prone. And then and so then once you are diagnosed, what are generally the options for treatment? There are, there are several options. I mean, you always have a choice to not do anything at all. I mean, that's always an option. Um, but the most common ones are some form of surgery or pharmaceutical drugs, or another one is a form of 
of ablation. Um, each one of those has its own set of side effects and risks. Um, for example, you can have a hysterectomy, which will remove your entire uh, your entire uterus. Those who do that um, are the ones who do not want to have kids anymore. They tend to be a little bit older or they're beyond childbearing age. Another one is a myomectomy, which is what was uh, recommended for me um, because I wanted to have kids. Um, and that is just when they go in surgically and, and they will uh, remove just the fibroids. And those have its own set of <laughs> risks associated with it as well. And then there's an, there is an ablation, but uh, the ablation that um, I learned about, it still uh, does not allow you to have uh, kids because it does destroy uh, parts of the lining. And then there are pharmaceutical drugs that will shrink them, but also those don't um, allow you to have kids after. And so the biggest thing for me, my only option was nothing natural or myomectomy. And I chose yeah. no drugs and no myomectomy. Either. Okay, well now, Susie, hold that thought because we need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to dig in a little bit more to hear her courageous story here with fibroids. Um, so stay right with us. We'll be right back. Thanks, Susie. Sounds good. Stop what you're doing, cause I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. I look funny, but yo, I'm making money, see? And now more of Understanding CBD with Max and Steven on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back into Understanding CBD. Hello there, Max Sobel. Welcome back, Stephen Wallman. You can hear me fine now. I can hear you great. Don't uh, you forget about me. That's great. I will never. I will never. We're talking today with Susie Ohanessian, a CBD advocate who has used CBD to help her uh, with her battle in fibroids. Um, so we're in the middle of conversation here. We want to get back to um, you know the point where uh, you know you were diagnosed and you were left with with some choices and. Um, you, you wanted to go down an alternative route. How do you even go about uh, finding an alternative route? Well, I actually uh, went right to Google initially. Um, all I knew is I did not want to have surgery, and I didn't want to go on pharmaceutical drugs, just given the whole slew of side effects that could come with it. Um, plus, I wanted to have kids. So that really wasn't an option for me, um, especially because I was 40 at the time. I'm 43 now. So um, I started researching, um, and I was listening to podcasts. I was watching videos. I was reading, looking at clinical trials, going to NIH.gov. You name it, I was reading it about fibroids and natural remedies. And I stumbled upon CBD. I heard um, a woman telling her story of, you know, 
feeling like um, she was pregnant most of her life, and she said she said she was starting to take CBD, uh, which is just one cannabinoid of the cannabis plant. And after a while, it, it's like she got her life back, and she wasn't pregnant. She looked eight months pregnant. So I started following that. I'd never heard of it before. And then I started teaching myself about CBD. What is it? How does it work? How does it interact with the body? So, yeah, I'm I'm tend to be pretty resourceful. So I just kind of went digging and talked to as many people as I could. Well, now um, before you heard about CBD and knowing it comes from the cannabis plant, um, were you currently a cannabis user? No, no, I I never uh, used it before. I was actually in part of the stigma. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, but now I have to say I'm a big advocate for it. And that, that obviously took some courage, you know, to not go down the traditional route and to, you know, accept cannabis, learn about cannabis and start, you know, potentially using it as an option. Um, what was it like in the beginning when you first tried it? Well, when I first uh, got into it, I actually asked a friend of mine if she knew someone who makes CBD. So it wasn't that the THC is the other cannabinoid, which is psychotropic. So I... Um, being in the stigma that I was in, I was all forgetting the medicinal benefits of, cabin, of, of cannabis, um, but wanted to do the CBD. So when I first tried it, I mean, it, you don't really feel anything when you try it because it's not psychotropic. And I just started uh, working uh, with someone to help me dose, uh, you know, starting low and slowly, uh, gradually increasing um, until I... I just was using it consistently. It was important for me to take it every day and find a dose that was really going to help me. How were you using it? Were you um, were you smoking it? Were you putting on a cream? What uh, what did you start with? I was using the oil, and I was actually using it sublingually, the tincture uh, under my tongue, um, because I'm not a smoker either. And topical for me at the time, I really wasn't as well versed on that. Um, but I knew this was the most effective way because I wanted to work from the inside out. So I would do the sublingual for um, greatest bioavailability so my body would absorb it versus edibles or topicals. Now, a person that decides to use the cannabis plant in any way, right, be it an oil and a CBD, I mean, it's really a holistic approach. I mean, you're, you're, you're looking to change a lot more than just the one thing. So were there additional lifestyle changes that you had to go through, maybe diet, exercise, anything that you had to um, really make a change? So I had always been um, looking to improve my health naturally anyway in the holistic space. So I was watching what I was eating. I was taking supplements. I was starting to work out. I actually even started training for a triathlon last year. Um, So it's always better to combine it with clean eating, healthy lifestyle that we all know about. But we know what we're supposed to do, but it's really hard to actually do it. Um, so yeah, healthy lifestyle will always help, but it, my fibroids still grew. Like I mentioned earlier, I had started with one, but even though I was fairly active and, and going to the gym regularly, um, it still grew. I actually, it it actually increased to five fibroids and that first one grew to nine centimeters. The nine centimeter was the biggest one I had. Were you, um, were you experiencing any pain along the way? Um, like how did they, how did the fibroids impact what your day to day was? It's it, through this. Yeah, this... It, it did. Um, in terms of my lower back pain got really, really bad. Um, and my cycle changed a little bit. It, it did affect, um, 
my menstrual cycle. Um, and it just, those were the two primary things, uh, I think. And it was also a painful intercourse that gets in the way. It's painful. Did you did you notice that um, upon using CBD and starting down that path, did you notice, did your stress get managed a little bit better? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was a time when I actually kept um, increasing. Uh, ironically, um, I did increase almost a, a little bit uh, too much. So there's always this sweet spot with CBD, right? You don't want to take too little. You don't want to take too much. Um, but so many things um, it helped with. For me, so um, it helped with the anxiety. It just got me a little bit more even keeled. Had me, you know, coping with everyday life stresses a little bit more normally, if you will, if there is such a normal. But I was also a 28-year um, Armenian folk dancer. I was wow. a dancer and an instructor. So Armenian folk dancing is really hard on the body, the joints. There's a lot of jumping, hopping. You're constantly hopping almost in every dance. And at 35, I had gotten to the point of, I had to hold the railings to go up and down the stairs. I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't go up without holding on to something or wash dishes without leaning somewhere, you know, always leveraging something. But after I started taking CBD, it was like so many things was like, oh my God, that's not, so this is what normal is like, you know, because I had gotten so used to it that the pain the stress, the anxiety, and that kind of adjustment that we make every day, that had become my new normal. And I realized that with CBD, because of how it works, and I'm not going to get into the science of it now, it just brought my body back into balance. And it was just, it was like a whole new world for me. Yeah, you mentioned finding your sweet spot and getting the right serve, and you can take too much, too little. Um, can you explain a little bit of what that process is like? Absolutely. So, uh, when I work with my clients, there's there's an approach that we call low and slow. You want to start with a low dose and gradually increase bit by bit. You can do it through microdosing or you can do it um, just, you can say, quarter of a dropper, for example. And again, this is not, um, you know, a doctor prescribing specific dosing. But because the body is very individual, every body will adjust to respond to CBD differently so the low and slow approach is you start really low, you start once a day. This is how I do it. I, I should speak for myself, and this is what I recommend, which is, and then you only gradually increase until you get the relief that you're looking for. People take CBD for many different reasons, like sleep or physical pain, like I talked about, or, you know, if people are feeling anxious. Um, so until you stay you only take as much as you need. So if you start to get relief and you start sleeping through the night, if that was your issue, you stay there and then only increase as you need it. Your sweet spot is when you're feeling like, you know what, I feel good. Like I'm not feeling a lot of ailments or, you know, a lot of the pain, whatever you were looking to address. And then you stay there until you feel as though, you know what, um, my body is adjusting now. It is coming into balance, but it's not all the way. So let me increase a little bit more. So yeah. it's really just paying attention to your body. You know, and that mirrors a lot of the things that we tell our customers as well. So thank you for going into detail. I think that's helpful for everybody listening. Now, as far as the CBD products are concerned, did you try a single CBD product? Did you go through some research process? And what was that process like? 
So in the beginning, because it was so new to me, I went through a trusted source. Um, I asked them a lot of questions, um, and it's really important to ask questions. Where is the hemp from? Or do you guys process it? What What's used to process it? Because you don't want a lot of the toxins in there. Um, but I just went to the trusted source, and um, I used it every day. And then four months later, three of my fibroids were gone. So... I wow. Will, Hallelujah, I, right? Yeah, I stand by them. Um, and, yeah, they're an amazing company. Now, how did you and know now, they were gone? Oh, I had another ultrasound. So I had an ultrasound to identify the sizes and how many I had. They had found five. And as soon as I started taking it, I had another one about five months later. And they've just found that three. they couldn't find three of them. I had them do it again looking for them. They couldn't find them. And what was the reaction from the doc? Um, they could not explain it. They Did said, well, this is great, great for you, because um, I showed them the report, and they just could they had no explanation. It was kind of, it was a bit silent. But how did, you, did you tell them what you used? Yes, I, um, I did tell them, and they, they just didn't have, they can't say one way or another. It's kind of ironic, um, because they can't prescribe it. They can't necessarily promote it. Um, but they leave it in your judgment in your hands, and they say, if this is what's working for you, then go ahead. But not every doctor does that. I spoke to four different gynecologists uh, through this whole process, and only one of them, actually the fifth one, um, I'm now on my fifth, um, was the only one who said, um, if this is what's working, then continue using it, because the other ones really didn't um, support it. Yeah, I mean, it seems like um, we get that uh, often from a lot of a lot of doctors. Now, from you personally, as you were going through this um, and decided that and you got a solution with CBD, were you open with people and talking about this and sharing with um, your your situation with friends and family? And if so, were they supportive? Oh, I went public. I think the day after um, after my experience, I said, "No way am I going to keep quiet about this." After the research I did and the findings I had, there are so many women that suffer in silence. Nobody wants to go out there talking about tumors in your uterus. They, they, women just don't want to do that. It's, it's an intimate area. It's an intimate topic. And, but because I was suffering and I knew, and I was one of the lucky ones, and I had that, the experience I had, so there are thousands, tens, and t- tens of thousands of women who are suffering and I went public the day after my ultrasound, after I, you know, overcame my emotions and, you know, just elated of what happened, I created a public Facebook post and I spoke about it and I told them exactly what I did and what my experience was with my physician. And I was bombarded with private messages, mm. comments, text messages, phone calls, because I wasn't public about it before. There was no reason for me to be. But after the success I had, I wanted to scream it from the mountaintops, and I did. Yeah, and another example of you being courageous about it and something that's very admirable. So have you now taken this, uh, this message, this sort of, you know, this mission to educate women, have you taken it publicly? Um, I know that when we spoke before, you're doing some talks. I know that you're putting up a website at some point. You know, what is the plan here to get this message out? Yeah, so right now I, um, well, let me start with, the educational talks that I was doing was immediately after I had the results I did. So I had uh, two in person. I did another one on Zoom internationally once the pandemic broke out. So 
So I do these educational talks, CBD 101, demystifying CBD, however you want to call it. So I do these high-level talks internationally. And I'm also on Clubhouse where I have rooms, and I just created a club on this. Um, So I also bring in the doctors, the uh, gynecologists, the scientists, the uh, nutritionists, you name it, and I bring them in. And we just had a women's health and cannabis room that went for three and a half hours with the Q&As with wow. the physicians. It was incredible. And so this is, this is my passion. I'm an educator um, in my career for 20 years. And now with this experience, this is my combination. I'm just looking to start building my website. Um, but if, um, I mean, anybody who has any questions can always uh, reach out to me. But yeah, that's important, like, Susie, because unfortunately, yeah. as you can imagine, we're, we're at the end of our time here, mm-hmm. um, but we want to make sure that people can get in touch with you. So what's the best way for them to reach out um, and, and if they have some questions? Right now, until my website is up, I would say follow me on Clubhouse and the club on there. If you have your iPhone, if not, Android's coming out. You can also email me. Um, at my first name, last name, at gmail.com. So it's Susie with a Y, S-U-Z-Y, Ohanessian, at gmail.com. I can spell that out if you want. Um, And those are the two best ways. Um, Or you can also follow me on Instagram. This is where I'm really starting to promote a lot of the uh, CBD and my story as well there. That's great. You can also give us a call at 443-743-2444. Email us at uh, Max or Stephen at Understanding CBD, and we'll uh, make sure we can forge your information over to Susie. Susie, you're a great guest. Thanks so much, and and much, much more luck along and uh, in your journey to help get the word out there. Much love, Susie. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. We'll be right back with Luke Jones. Stay right there. Understanding CBD with Max and Stephen on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. advocate do you know that has his own intro music, right? Shoo. Welcome back into Understanding CBD. Hello there, Max Sobel. Welcome back, Stephen Wallman. Uh, what a great guest we just had on today. Mm. Uh, Susie was a, was a great guest for us. You know? Trooper. Um, well, today um, we have a special guest that uh, we'd like you to definitely talk to, and he's been on this episode before. It's Executive Director of Maryland Normal, uh, Luke Jones. How you, how you doing, Stephen? Great, great Luke. You, Max. How you doing, Luke? Luke, Luke. I mean, I want to just remind the audience: Luke has thirty years advising the government, environmental, and public affairs. Luke is uh, our favorite guest to come here with a legislative update. Yeah, and the the last uh, episode you're on, I think it was uh, was it forty seven. Um, it was just before or at the early stage of this legislative, sometime in January. Right. Um, so let us tell us what's happened in Maryland over this last session. Well, I'm going to chalk it up to a really. Um, a um, successful session. I, I think that what happened was, um, and I mentioned this on the show, you know, going into it, we, we realized that there was a, 
you know, a chance that we wouldn't get the bill through the process, even if we had started at the beginning uh, with a, 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 you know, a solid majority support. There was just a, there was only so much uh, legislative work they were going to get to. So we always knew that there was a chance that we wouldn't uh, get the bill through, and, and that's actually what happened. So on, on that front, you know, uh, it's a bit of a disappointment because we would have liked to have seen the now uh, the bill you were you're you're looking to push through. Can you give us a little update on that? Like, what 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 was this bill? What was in it? Well, we we had, uh, and I mentioned this, I think, on the the show. We had two uh, bills, one in the House, and that was House Bill Thirty Two, and that was the one that we were really promoting. Uh, it, it had a, a lot of the policy goals that. Uh, our organization and, and, and a lot of other organizations really are, are pushing for, uh, in, including, uh, you know, market access for small uh, business owners that want to try and have a go of it in an otherwise legal business uh, enterprise, right? So there was a, an issue of market access uh, and, you know, promoters of liberty and, and promoters of family-owned and operated, uh, you know, businesses and, you know, the right to have a chance to fail, you know, uh, you know, because not everybody can succeed in business. But uh, that's one school of thought. Another school of thought is uh, establishing by law, you know, limitations on the number of people who can participate in an otherwise, you know, legal industry. And that was the philosophy that was more reflected on the Senate bill. So, uh, we supported the bill uh, in in both chambers. The, in the Senate, of course, we supported with amendments. Those amendments being <clears throat> focused on you know market access uh, uh, for uh, you know a broader range of producers. Um, but other than that, you, you know, I, the the point I wanted to make is is that I think that at the end of the day, we we came out of the session with a really solid framework for what the states you know, adult use market system is going to be like, you know, I'm, I'm still uh, reeling on uh, New York City and New York uh, moving forward the way that they have. And, and uh, the domino has has obviously fallen. Uh, And so uh, I think I predicted on your show last time that that we might be seeing an adult use legalization, you know, federal uh, change to the Controlled Substances Act during the current uh, Senate and and House uh, Congress uh, federally, and uh, I think that based on what happened in New York and the statements uh, by Chuck Schumer uh, over the weekend here uh, in New York uh, is signal to everybody that I, I think we're going to see federal action pretty quickly. And what's so, Luke? You're you're the you're the executive director of the the Maryland, I guess, branch of Normal. The so for those of you who don't know, the National Organization for the Ref, Reform of Marijuana Laws. What's next for Maryland Normal and for you? Well, thank you for that question. You know, I I'm going to be um, sort of ratcheting down my own personal involvement in this issue. <laughs> you know, thank goodness uh, because we, you know the issues that I'm primarily concerned about are going to be soon in our rearview mirror in terms of uh, ending the criminal penalties associated with adults who are, you know, involved in, in, uh, in, in you know, cannabis uh, consumption. So, so I think we're very close to achieving, you know, those particular goals. But as a state chapter, um, really the next step is going to be at the county level, 
not so much in Annapolis because after it, uh, the next legislative session was going to be January, February, March uh, of next year, uh, they will pass uh, an adult use bill. Uh, and, and so a- after that, the real, the real focus is going to be at the county level uh, because they're going to have to be local jurisdictional uh, business permitting standards for uh, people who are interested in uh, <clears throat> either growing in their home, you know, to make sure they're compliant with local uh, standards uh, and also uh, people who might be producing want to be producing for for income purposes mm-hmm. to be able to do so within the confines of law and that's going <clears> to <throat> um, as we saw in California after prop 64 passed at the state level it took some time right and it's still taking time for the um, local jurisdictions to put the you know <clears throat> standards in place for a commercial market so that's really what's going to be next for for Maryland it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with uh, interstate commerce, you know, and how long it takes for that to to come on board. Uh, But we're still several years away from that. Well, thanks, Luke, man. We appreciate you coming in for the update today. And um, thank you for all your hard work, man. It means a lot to us. So thank you very much. And uh, we'll be right back with uh, your favorite segment. Understanding CBD with Max and Stephen on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us at Understanding CBD. How you doing there, Stephen Wallman? Very well, Max Obel. Welcome back. This is uh, this is uh, our favorite time here. But before we dive into the actual mail sack, you've got an update about our next week's guest, don't you, Stephen? Yes. Next week we have Dr. Amay Goldshani. Uh, she's a naturopathic physician in private practice since 2001, uh, currently at Santa Cruz Integrative Medicine in Santa Cruz, California. Um, she's got a really engaging style, passionate about self-care. It's an interview you won't want to miss. For sure, for sure. Anyway, folks, this is our chance to talk about real stories while bridging the building the bridge between us and cannabis and people in cannabis, and this section's called... Mail Side! You've got mail. We love our mail sack. That's right. Am I going to get any sound effects today? i got to wait till you ask me what's in there. <coughs> what, yeah. What's in the mail sack? I'm coughing because I'm uh, <laughs> knocking some dust off of this letter. This is an old one, Max. Um, Where'd you find it? Yeah, this uh, this one I actually found. Um, I found a photo that we had stored in one of our, uh, our ancient uh, Dropbox drives we use as a little history. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is from Mrs. Mail Sack. And uh, hmm. we'll have to build some background here, Max. Um, but uh, you know, we tell we talk and tell everyone that when we did research and product research, and as we're growing this company, we use family for a lot of this feedback. There are guinea that pigs. We get. There are guinea pigs. Um, now, this letter, um, you know, we do a lot of different trials, and in the beginning, you know, we thought that uh, we were looking for a market opportunity. What would make us different? Right. right. 
Right. Well, so our, our process, and you know, this is before COVID, so Mrs. Mailsack was going to work every day, and I'd sleep in a little bit. And what I would do is anytime that we'd have a new product that I'd like her to test, I would leave it on the kitchen counter. So I woke up one morning, and then uh, she left for work, and I see this letter, <laughs> and she gave us feedback on a product that she tried. Right. We so were... to give you a visual, so you can't see this on the mm-hmm. radio, so there's two. We had we were we wanted to put a mouth spray. We didn't want to just put a regular bottle. We felt that we were looking for a metered spray. So every spray, you would know exactly how much was coming out. It'd be nice and easy to use. You can easily put the cap on. Um, so. We had two different ones. We had, uh, and we were testing out the propellants in there. So Max, on one side, he had a um, a white cap, and on the other side, it had a green cap of this spray. Um, and uh, so, so Max wakes up. What did the letter say? <laughs> right. So I mean, it's funny because I, I and and so Mrs. Mailsack is good about leaving me feedback anytime I need her to try something. So she writes on the letter: the white one is clogged, green one tastes more like beep excrement and i can't (laughs) it's clown world anyway but i'm not going to say the word and 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 she said doesn't know why she said i don't know why there's a strange taste love you and that's what that was what her letter said and you know i could tell that you know she was very short with me usually she writes very long notes but she was very short with this one yeah but that's true that's how the process is and um we didn't release the product it was just not the right fit there's a couple things we learned from this we really wanted to be innovative with our delivery mechanism and we realized that this level of innovation just wasn't going to be conducive to a product that was going to be easily used and then also while we were experimenting with different formulas when you take that formula and you combine it with some aerosol capacity to be able to spray in your mouth well obviously that didn't jive with mrs mailsack or us or or really anything but i think the moral of the story is you always have to go with what's true to your heart you have to come out with the best possible product that you can without trying to compromise quality or delivery mechanism or anything like that. If you're if you're if you really believe in it, it really doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. And that's what came out of it was um, the other people in the industry and other products are looking for some innovation here. And what we did was we actually went back to Mother Nature. And what we decided to do was to come to the market with a product that was as close to Mother Nature as possible, which most people aren't doing right now. That's right. They're trying to take the buzzword of CBD and mix it with everything else. And 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 I'm not saying anything is wrong with those products because they CBD is a great product. And you can blend it with a lot of different things and it can be a lot of different value. Um, but that's enough of our story there. We want to thank everyone for listening. We want to thank uh, Susie Ohanessian for being a great guest on here. Um, we want to thank Lou Jones for his update. Um, we also want to thank Noah in the booth for doing a great job with the phones. Thanks so much, guys. And let's also thank our sponsors, Max and Stevens of Max and Stevens Premium Hemp Extracts. You can call them at 443-743-2444 or go online at maxandstevens.com. Wow. What an endorsement from Noah. You guys don't know what that means. (laughs) We got Noah. Thank you all very much. We'll talk to you next week.